people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here he is, your host, Derek McCall. Thank you. Uh, we are unfortunately nateless, which is always... Wow, that sounds uh, It's cold. always disturbing. It is. It's very cold <laughs> to be nateless. It is. Uh, we do not have the warm embrace of Nate Costa tonight, who is paying attention to his wife. Yeah. All right. Um, take a lesson, fanboys. Now, don't read too much into that. They're just going out on a date. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. they're married. Yeah. Read enough into it. They, you know, yeah, they're, they're still romance. They're happy. They're, yeah, they've been married four months. So, you know, they, they've, they've got a romance. It's wonderful. And may it last forever. Marvelous. May it last forever. Every time I see a post from one of them to the other on Facebook, it's about the dog. I, I gag, but I love them. <laughs> so, anyway, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And we are podcasting from Seven Stars Bar and Grill, and it's a it's a rowdy two weeks or three weeks before two weeks before Christmas. Two weeks. So it's uh, Wednesday. Exactly two weeks today. Wednesday, December eleventh, uh, and here we are in San Jose, California. And uh, across from me is the podcast producer and uh, Yule Log Tender, Rick Brett Snyder. Yes, just keeping that Yule Log Tender. I'm just poking it. And if you are on our Twitter feed, uh, you know, just at, at Fanboy Planet, you will see that behind us we have, uh, we have a lovely, the best backdrop we've ever had, which is... Uh, it's so strange because it's behind us, and people look over at us, and it, we get the strangest looks, but it's not for us. It's not for us. We have Jabba the Hutt in full lascivious tongue mode. He's, he's not quite as big as he was in uh, Empire State. No, I, I don't think it's a life-size replica. But it's large enough to be disturbing and to constantly catch my eye with that tongue. That tongue, yeah. Um, at one point... It's uh, like the Blarney Stone here at Seven Stars. Last week he was installed, and I believe at one point they were actually... They had a tap up his uh, tail, if you will. Yeah. And you could serve beer, but it, uh, but it malfunctioned early on. So by the time I got here last week, uh, when uh, you and I took some time to see Saving Mr. Banks, which we'll talk about later in the podcast... Right. Uh, he, the tap had already malfunctioned, so I didn't get to see him with uh, salivating a fine winter beer. Were there any Princess Leia, Slave Leia variant costumes? In no attendance? costumes. There were tattoos, though. There oh, okay. was a lot of interesting artwork. Well, uh, I think if you if you were in costume, you'd have a lot of skin that you could show that your tattoos. In. You'd think. You know, I did see, and I don't know why we didn't have it on our on our gift guide. Maybe I should add it that uh, they now have Slave Leia um, aprons. So you get oh, the nice. the whole design there, and That's I thought nice. you'll look great in one of those. It's slimming. So that's what I'm getting, isn't it? Oh God! You okay. you found the perfect gift for me. No, I know it's the gift of the Magi, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm giving it to Lon. So um, yeah, 
That's all right. Uh, so we've got some comic news, and we've been off for a week because we did see Saving Mr. Banks last week last on our week. on our usual recording night, Indeed. and we were too busy any other night to get together. So sorry, sorry about that. But uh, we saw you know the feel good movie of well, you it's know. probably the feel good movie of the year for me. Uh, yeah, I want to. We'll talk. I don't about, usually go to feel good movies. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I know. Normally it's just spiky and and hostile. Yeah, and usually there's giant monsters wailing on robots, and yep. that's all you need. Uh, so anyway, we did uh, we did go, and, and so a lot of movie news happened, you know, and and we'll get there. Uh, but uh, I want to start off with we got a letter because you know, even though I feel bad about this, there's far more thing worthier things in this world that need money right now. Um, I have put out the you know question: Will people you know if they will, if they like the podcast, kick a couple bucks our way on PayPal? And I want, and uh, someone did this week, and they and they sent me a letter. It's a guy named Sam Gilmore, who I I don't think we've ever had an email from before, but I'm really gratified to what he said. Not just because he donated a couple bucks, but but uh, that you know to hear the feedback. I sent you a donation. Wish I could send more, but you know how it is. I do. That's why I feel guilty asking for donations. Uh, anyway, just want to let you know how much I enjoy the hard work that you put into the Fanboy Planet podcast, along with Rick, Nate, et al. I don't know who Al is, but uh, Jason's. Uh, oh, that's, 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 it's Alazar. Yes, yeah. uh, I work the graveyard shift and listen to a variety of podcasts, and yours is one of the best. I also enjoyed Moron versus Fanboy as well, and I sent Lon an email about it. Although that email didn't seem to make it, I'll try again. Thanks again. Merry Christmas and have a happy New Year, Sam Gilmore. And so, Sam, um, you, Sam. really gratified because I know that graveyard shift has to be. He didn't say what he's working at, but just just the concept graveyard shift. You need voices to make you laugh, and we've I had really, a couple. Of, we've had a couple of graveyard shift people write to us over the years, and I think it's nice that we're we're there keeping them a little bit sane in those well, really I really, early morning hours. I really appreciate it, and if somebody could help keep us sane, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, but we do appreciate it, Sam, and we'll continue better, and, and glad you like Moron vs. Fanboy. Uh, there are two episodes in the can that are up on YouTube, and I just uh, had a crushing week at work. I've not been able to post them on Fanboy Planet, but they're coming. Uh, there's the Moron vs. Fanboy as we tackle Doctor Who. And if you recall how oh, much Lon loves Doctor Who. Did he at least watch the episode? No, he didn't. That's Why should he start now? That's guess, the point of the show. So. Uh, and then this week we talked about all the, uh, all the movie casting uh, that we'll be talking about uh, ourselves okay. in a more serious vein tonight, you and I. Uh, and uh, Lon, Lon suggested something on the Moron vs. Fanboy uh, vidcast that... Almost destroyed my soul. Uh, so we'll get there. Um, That's a hearty endorsement. For yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we love it. So uh, thank you, Sam. And we'll keep. We'll do our best to keep. Thank you, Sam. To keep helping you pass the time. It's letters like that that make it all worthwhile. No, absolutely. I am. I dead, had a. Dead I had a, serious. I had a crappy Monday. Six thirty a.m. Tuesday morning. I got this email and I was like, Tuesday is going to be okay. You know, I mean, it really, it really was nice to hear that we're doing. Yep. You know, because there are times. I'll be honest. There are times we do this, and I'm like, we're just sending out into the ether and I'm not hello, hearing anything hello, back. Hello. hello. I'm like, why are we doing this? And then that's why. <clears throat> Even if it's just Sam, we'll we'll do a whole Sam sponsored episode sometime. There you go. Anyway, I wanted to before we even get to comics. Now we've had the letters. You know that uh, the news and and our world collided this week. 
Our world? Our world. Uh, our news and real news collide. That's a, <laughs> I don't know if it's a feature worth a, worth a song or something, but uh, when, when worlds collide. But no, when our news and real news collide. Uh, when, when it was re- our news and real no, news no, 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 collide. No, 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 no. That sounded like uh, Maurice Chevalier on his deathbed. No, I was uh, going for something like uh, from Bye Bye Birdie. Or, no, no, no. No, more, no I stop, think, stop. I think, I think it was more... Uh, uh, A little candor and ebb. Emphasis on the ebb. Just let it ebb. ebb? Just let it ebb. Ebb? Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, it was revealed this week that the NSA has been spying on MMORPGs. Yes. So I've, I've read so many Massively pe- multiplaying. Oh, yes. Mul- Most yeah. importantly, yeah. World of Warcraft. Let's, I mean, let's just put oh, it, no, that's no. what everybody and thinks. And Second Life. Which Second Life to me is still no life, but Second Life is one of the more disturbed things you could do with your time. Yeah, I, I don't. Have see you ever that. done it? No. Why would I do that? It's it's pretty crazy. Can I hit anybody in Second Life? No, but that's why I play video there's games. Other things you can do with those people. What? Yeah. What? Depending on what add-ins you have. N- no. Yes. No. That's horrible. It is. Okay. Like I said. Well, now I wonder. So, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, the NSA, that's ridiculous. And I think all those people are government spies. I think it's quite possible. Yeah. I think it's just like everybody's trolling. They're trying to pull people out. So I have mixed emotions about it because it does make sense to me. I've thought this for a long time that, like, what was it before World of Warcraft Online? There was another game where Evercrack, EverQuest. EverQuest, yeah. Uh, Ever- which I don't hear about a lot. No, it they, went it went free to play for a while. I don't know if it's still and then up. It just kind of died. So and of course, City of Heroes. Uh, God loves kind of Well, thing. I played City of Heroes. Yes, but, I did too. But uh, EverQuest I never played. But I remember. But I can remember talking to people who played EverQuest and feeling like they had, shall we say, um, a sense of their own military strategy, strategic genius, out of whack with reality. Yeah. And I do think that, that, that there are some people to whom those games do lend a certain delusion of grandeur. Oh, yeah, sure. And oh, so you, mean, you think? I, and by that, I I've mean. I've got a war stallion. By that, I mean, I mean the NSA. Armor. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, they are totally going to be start listening to the right. podcast. Hey, all right. Um, <laughs> Remember to hit the PayPal button, guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, for at least, at least that. You've got government money. Oh, no. Not after January 15th. They won't have government money. Um, Thanks. Thanks, Ted Cruz. So, uh, anyway, uh, I think, you know, that I I thought it would be interesting to have, like, an alien invasion story where the heroes are the people that have all gathered together because they were clans on these, you know, World of Warcraft. They've been raiding parties. We know how to do it. Sure, sure, sure. But on the other hand, I also think, no, probably not in real life, but... What they believe, what the NSA was doing was mining because they believed that things were being sent in coded messages, seeming very innocuous, uh, possible terrorist cells. I mean, you well, know. What they're, what they're looking for are people who are walking around being terrorists in these things. And they're trying to find if. In, are there terrorists in Second Life? I mean, I really, I don't know anything about Second Life except I think there was an, an episode of The Office yeah. where Dwight could fly. You in can second fl- life. You can fly in second life. Yeah, okay. Well, but the, 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 it's not the same as actually flying, and there's the flaw in it no, for but me. But the, the thing is, there, what, if, you were, if you were terrorists using this to convey information back and forth, um, you're, not, you're not potentially using it to recruit. 
or if you are, you're doing that instantly. Oh no, 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 no. I understand else. that. I, I understand that. That was the that the, 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 it, it was not. They were not looking for recruitment. They were looking for coded messages, right. To see, um, but I also think they wouldn't necessarily like in Second Life be identifiable as the terrorist cell. Right. It's going to be the ladies', although, although ladies let, badminton club. Although, let's be fair, and this is not to mock or lessen anything. It's like, you know, way back when they were planning 9-11 and they were taking flying lessons, but honestly did not care about takeoff or landing. Right. And, the, you know, that was a pretty, yeah. that, that should have been a huge should signal. Should have been a red flag. It should have been. Somebody should have said, oh, wait a minute. Maybe they did. Yeah. But they did it in World of Warcraft, and therefore nobody noticed. Um, I don't know. Uh, but it, it's just interesting. And it does make me wonder about, you know, is my, is my superhero? And when my son hijacks my DC Universe Online account, <laughs> am I going to get a raid? <laughs> you know, are no, the, no, no. the agents on my door? Because he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, Disney's pretty insulated. You can't just, you have to invite somebody you know. No, that's DC. No, I was at DC. Um, although, you know, he told me, and I gotta, we got to check this in. Uh, they accused my son on um, Superhero Squad online of, I think he got hacked, of, of inappropriate behavior. Interesting. And it's like, no, it's very limited. And well, he, normally oh. it's not the people who are watching. It's it's the people he's playing with. Yeah. And they have to file a report. So if he was being kind of goofy or anything, as kids sometimes are, yeah. he may have upset some adult or some well, semi-adult. I, I, I don't know if you've ever played Superhero Squad Online, which I, I really enjoy playing with my son. Yeah. It's um, it, it's so limited in what you could possibly do yeah. to offend somebody. It, it, you know, it really is. And, and, and it's I, I like the game because it's one of those where he and I can just team up. We do a mission, and then we go off and we serve other individual things we team up again and it's fun on the two computers that's that's good because i mean if you get on to like gears of war or halo on on multiplayer versions, christmas you run into the most racist homophobic misogynistic uh cretins you'd ever want to like block all contact the internet makes everyone the hulk though you know those people i don't think would be that misogynistic in that i don't know there's they, they sure sound like they got a lot of practice at it well, that's probably true, too. That's why I stick with my games right now. I'm just playing Disney Infinity, and yeah. I'm not going online with that. I'm just no. playing Disney Infinity. There you go. I've got a lovely hall of heroes and uh, a lovely bunch of coconuts. coconuts. I was going there, yeah. yeah, I knew you were, so I, I saw the gleam in your eye. Let's talk comics, shall we? Um, before we go through our stack and through the comicsology thing, I want to get a little bit of news. Frank Miller has disappeared. He's not really disappeared. He's you know he's busy directing Sin City two. Yeah. But DC first had announced he was going to do a two page uh, insert in uh, the Batman, not forever. Uh, the the special new Batman title that's coming in January or February, and then they said, oh no, he's going to do a pinup in Detective Comics number twenty seven. Yeah. And then they said, no no no, he's going to do a cover. On Detective Comics number 27. And then it was like that Monty Python sketch with the Nazis. You know, <laughs> no, my little joke. I was never head of the Gestapo at all. I Frank Miller was never going to draw anything for us. No. And on the heels of uh, 300 Rise of an Empire, you know, Miller had started uh, a sequel series to 300 called Xerxes. Right. And uh, the third issue has also vanished. Um, and so, um, like... Frank, well, Frank Miller is just kind of, 
it's noteworthy for the, that apparently nobody has actually seen new work from Frank Miller since Holy Terror. Do you think that uh, terrorists in Second Life got to him? I think that he's probably just focusing on where the money is. Right, because we did fail to mention that uh, Robert Rodriguez is also going to produce a Sin City television series afterwards, and Frank Miller will be consulting with that. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a lot of work right there. But maybe, you know, maybe, for but Miller, come on. Miller works fast. He yeah, can, you he can could, draw a cover. He could no, he could do a cover. He could do a, he could do as long as he doesn't have to write. He could do a cover. He could do a poster in like a half a day, no yes. doubt. Yes, no doubt that man could just put something out that would be just so starkly Spartan. Pardon the uh, reference, but um, I don't think I will. That the that, but undoubtedly Frank Miller, that it would suffice. I, yes. I don't think it's just a matter of uh, does he really want to? I guess not. Um, so that's interesting. DC also announced to Associated Press. Uh, that they have confirmed what we've been talking about, that there's going to be this book set five years in the future that's weekly. It's called New 52. <laughs> it's called 52. <laughs> New 52. Every other week. F- future's End. What? So it's a weekly book set five years in the future of their continuity with Batman Beyond, Frankenstein, and Firestorm all being major characters dealing with the past of the DC Universe Frankenstein and the future Batman Beyond Beyond. and then Firestorm kind of being the five years in the future and my reaction which I've actually put in my notes was sheesh like you can't keep it straight in the present right and it's like wait a minute I need the DC pass so far past that it's Frankenstein's monster well it might not be it could be Agent of Shade because his book was cancelled right but is he in the past I don't know I don't know. So I'm just, I'm only going with what I really, you know. I, of course, always willing to withhold judgment until I see. What was the, the Weird Worlds book where they tried to do an anthology with a bunch of uh, that had idols? Uh, and one of them was actually uh, something we wanted to read, and then they screwed that up. Well, it was a Robot Man? I think it was a Robot Man. Oh, they screwed up Robot Man so badly. Yeah. But it was, there was a uh, space one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't finish it in that book. They finished it in some other an, uh, yeah. annual or something. Yeah. This uh, smells like that. Reminds me I haven't finished Threshold. Um, this so, smells so much like that. You know, and here's the thing. We're back to that. There's so many of these titles that as you say that and I go, oh, that's right. I never finished reading Threshold. And then I went, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. And DC, why can't you write a compelling, publish compelling books that make me care? Right. Do not count on us being codependent. They used for a while it lasted, yeah. but I'm not now. Yeah. I'm no. Um, I want to, and I I really feel badly that I was not able to get this on the site. Um, again, just been crushed at work. But um, Made Fire and Dark Horse have announced something that I think you want to see. Really cool. Which is an original Hellboy in Hell story. All right. On Madefire in Motion Comic. That'd be very cool. Yeah. So uh, that's coming very soon. Is it Magnolia Art? Yes. That would be awesome. So uh, I think you should I be think excited. Madefire is like one of those things. I don't know why they haven't hit it big. Everybody I turn on to that goes, this is really awesome, but there's just not enough of it. And it's still the best. Well, they're, they're with IDW. So they've got Star Trek comics. They've got My Little Pony. They've got, uh, I think there's been some other. 
they've done some work with Hellboy. Like Little Hellboy was on Madefire. Oh, is this it? Okay, is, this is the first original. Okay. So because the other stuff has been stuff that's already been published elsewhere, redoing. and now they're redoing it yeah. in their form. But again, I, I can't but stress. The original it. stuff was really cool. I really know, and I can't stress enough that I, I I I don't know either, but I love them. And I mean, I really think it's the same thing. I show people that don't know anything about comics, and they all see the potential yeah. in comics. They see the potential in other media. <coughs> so, you know, it's uh, it's an amazing company. And so, again, if you don't have the Madefire app, if you're it's not free. looking at your books that way, it's free. Download it, get it, and it's great. And I really, I'm kind of tempted to get my kids to download it because. I want, uh, you know, I think my son, having admitted to being a brony, would enjoy having My Little Pony episodes on it, you know, sure. issues on there. But Star Trek, too. He's really into Star Trek. So yeah. to have the Star Trek comics in, in made fire form, amazing. So, you know, looking forward now, to Now, are those free, too, or are they charging for those? Uh, I'm not actually sure because I feel my phone's kind of loaded up. I haven't really okay. updated in a while. So, you know, again... I'll take your donations and then eventually have enough money to buy an iPad again, you know, and we'll see. Um, uh, they announced, uh, Marvel announced that Mike Carey, who's a kind of an undersung writer uh, in comics and a novelist uh, that I really love, uh, and Salvador La Roca are working on an X-Men graphic novel in the vein of that Warren Ellis Avengers one they did a few months ago. Okay. So uh, I... Missed the title, but uh, just know that that's coming. There's a nice hardcover original graphic novel. If you're going to put top creators on those, I don't mind that they're coming out with those again. Right. I really love the idea of having, you know, I'm going to be guaranteed it's great work, it's great writing. An original story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually it's worth more to me to get an original story in that format than to get something yeah. reprinted. And on that, we have a few days left, by the way, in a Kickstarter campaign for The Last of Hatter M, the yes. last graphic novel. And Speaking of which, is uh, and that's getting those in hardback is a great thing to add oh, to yeah. yourself. Oh, yeah. And uh, and a new novel set in the uh, Looking Glass Wars continuity. So Which you, uh, you can get in this same Kickstarter. Yeah. In fact, I think you can get everything. Oh, I'm sure you can because uh, Frank Vidor is great at that, but... So look it up. Uh, Frank Bedore's latest from Automatic Pictures, uh, the the f- the final graphic novel in the Hatter M series, which has just been fun. Yeah, challenging. Oh, it's really good. I mean, it's it's the kind of if you're not familiar. I mean, you may not may or may not be familiar with the the Elise uh, stories in Wonderland. But the, well, if you're a long time listener to the podcast, you know that we've been fans. So we we had one podcast that was just an interview with Frank. Right. But the, the idea is for the Hatter M is he's he's in um, our world for a while and he's in encountering century, people yeah. out of history in different stories. Not always not always a uh, a revelation into into their background, but it's kind of neat to have knocking into people. Well, and as I've said, the, the other thing I love about them is that it always seems like a like he's also throwing out pilot ideas for other series. Yes, and characters that and or you know, graphic novels that go off. In fact, I hate to say this, I'm almost disappointed that he went to do a prequel to The Looking Glass Wars in novel form in the prose because yeah. I'd rather I'd rather read See it in a comic. I want well no, I want to read the story of like the Russian the oh. Russian experiments that were going on in the first Hatterem graphic novel. Yeah. I don't I don't need to see it in a graphic novel. I'd like the novel. Right. You know, I think that right. or the the couple the, the paranormal investigators during the oh, yeah, during yeah, the yeah. Civil War. 
I want something more with them, you know, and and so that's the problem with that guy. He's so creative. He's so many. Well, ideas. you know, and I and I I, I he needs to start his own company uh, and and farm these out to other people. Well, he's sort of ha- he's just not farming them out yet. Yeah, right. But um, he is one of those guys that I, I realize that the writers I trust the most for quality are. Let me see if I can phrase this correctly are the ones who are willing to throw away fantastic ideas that could stand on their own. Yeah. But they're like little minor parts of something else. Right. And it's like, you know, that you're so confident in your creativity, so confident in your main narrative that, like Neil Gaiman, when Neil Gaiman did that Sandman issue where there was that guy with the muse and he couldn't stop having ideas. Right. And it's like he spews out 20 ideas on a page. Right. It's like any one of those, we'd read that book. It's kind of like what Channel Mieville did in in uh, Dial H, but oh, Jiminy Christmas, yeah, but but a little more grounded, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, we got you back, Frank. We'd like to see that. Uh, speaking of a creator, I so far haven't been all that impressed with, but I'm intrigued by the project. Max Landis, the uh, son of John, John Landis, John. who uh, you know done that Death of Superman uh, video a couple years ago, uh, is teaming with the artist Jock, collaborating on a Joker graphic novel. That uses all the various images of the Joker across the media. So Cesar Romero, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson. Not sure what the context of the narrative that will create it all, but could be interesting. And actually, the thing is with the way with the kind of reverent irreverence that Max Landis gives, the Joker seems to be a character that I would be interested in seeing what he might have to say about it. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, I still am not all I, that. I, I still think Landis is, is kind of a, he's a manipulator. He's, he manipulated everyone with that first kind of inflammatory one. And then his, his secondary one, which was an explanation of what he had said because so many people were upset about it. It, it just feels to me like he's. Well, that's a lot I, like I, his dad. I don't know that he's actually got ideas more than reactions. Well, I mean, but that's a lot like his dad. Yeah. John Landis was that way, you know, in. One thing I'll never forget about John Landis, and I wish this movie was out on Blu-ray, but you know, after John Landis was on trial for the death of those of uh, Vic, Vic, Vic Morrow and the children, in, yeah. you know, in the Twilight Zone, the next movie he made, uh, you know, and by the way, and just for those who don't know the history, he uh, he was found innocent yeah. uh, of criminal negligence on the set of Twilight Zone, where a helicopter crashed and killed these three people. Um, the next movie he made, which I love the movie, called Into the Night, starring Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer. I have not seen it on Blu-ray. I don't think I've even seen it on DVD. It's a fantastic like nighttime heist caper. It's a really, really fun movie. But he cast himself as a killer. And I uh, thought, and that's the total, like, thumb to the nose going, I got away. And it's like, you know... Uh, you know, or, regardless, or just ironic. I mean, he's he, not saying he's you know, but he's re- not pulling an OJ or anything. No, no, but it, no, because the thing oh, is, I might have done it. Well, no, 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 because the you know the re- that was a different case. Yeah, the fact remains, we know why those three, how those three people died. Right. It was about whether or not they can. He was considered, you know, responsible negligent. for it, negligent yeah. in it. So, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it was just it was just the kind of like, you know. There might have been a better way, you know, been a more gracious thing to do follow up. than follow up by making yourself a killer. Right. You know, 
and so I mean, but that's the kind of sense of humor the Landis's have. I, you know, I, I get I get your you know so reference. so uh, that's just them. But in the meantime, I don't know about I can't speak for Max. I still haven't seen Chronicle, but I can speak that his father John Landis, while being a very irreverent man, has made some of my favorite films. I mean, I oh, like yeah. I like to go back to Schlock, um, the very first movie he made. I loved his work on Kentucky Fried movie. Love yep. American World from London. Yep. I love Animal House. As I said, I love Into the Night. It's and, almost any of, those, any of those movies, if they're on, I will sit down and watch them till the and end. And the vampire one that people forget, Innocent Blood. Have you ever seen that one? That one? Oh, seen Don Rickles is a mob lawyer. And and uh, John Landis is one of the people very much responsible for Don Rickles' like last act here in, in, in because... He gave him these acting roles where it was something like, what? And then he's done a great documentary on Don Rickles called Mr. Warmth. And, uh, you know, so I, I really like the guy's work, but I think, man, I don't know if I'd like him as a person. Yeah. But I don't have to. And that's the other that's thing. That's one of those you unfortunate know, things. I'm, yeah. not trying, I'm not trying to ruin my chances of ever meeting, and I'll probably fawn because, I, because those movies are so seminal in my, in my upbringing. Yeah. But, you know, I, again, you, you, know, just, you don't have to be a nice guy to go into Hollywood or to go into the business. Right. You just have to be talented, yes. and they're talented. So yes. let's talk about Comixology, because that was the greatest Christmas gift they could give if you were into digital comics. Yes. And you really focus on them better than I did because you've got the ability to read these things. So well, they have a uh, 12 Days of Christmas where, uh, where they are giving you, the, uh, the reader, free <laughs> comics for 12 days. And it's, it's almost like an advent calendar. There are a couple of companies that are doing these advent calendars this year, oddly enough iTunes is doing free uh, free Apple applications uh, starting in a little while. Yeah, it's, uh, you want to go onto iTunes and look for the uh, the uh, 12, 12 free apps of Christmas. Um, but uh, Comixology has uh, has a uh, link. You have the link there. The, the I, I do. Wait, let me uh, bring that up. It's uh, well, it's mentioned on Comixology dot tumblr dot com slash twelve days. Okay, that's uh, yeah. But you can just visit. Is it uh, one two vi- days or 12, twelve? One two days. One yeah. two days. Or uh, you can just visit comicsology dot com. But anyway, you 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 can each day download a new comic, and they've all been really good. The first one was Batman number one. Um, the second day was I'm blanking on it now. Oh, no, it was a uh, it was Lazarus, the uh, IDW or Image. Uh, oh, Lazarus's image, image, yeah. the image book number one, and just today, uh, Red Sonia number one came out. So different, different uh, comic companies, different, different properties, and first issues so uh, for sam- the free sam- download. A good sampler. So I mean, it doesn't. It's 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 absolutely free. You, you just you. I think the only thing you have to do if you haven't already is uh, create an account, which costs nothing. Yeah, and you can download these things and read them online, or read them on your iPod or your iPad. You know, I need to get back to reading it on the computer. That's yeah, yeah, yeah I'll need to do that because it's not an app on the computer, right? Like no, Windows, you're reading on the page. Windows eight, I could just download. I could just open up my account and yeah, start reading sure on my true. on my new laptop. Okay, uh, my my work laptop. Um, so uh, I the other comic thing I want to say is Comic Con gave you a gift, I suppose, of no frustration for December. Uh, they're not going to put the memberships on sale until an indeterminate date in the future. It was supposed to be mid-December, and then they realized, as usual, um, 
<laughs> they're not ready and the uh, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act website uh, is working better than <laughs> uh, than uh, Comic Con. Yeah, the site. Affordable web the Affordable Care is apparently down to ten percent. Ten percent problems? No, it's one tenth of one percent errors. I was hearing a report on it this evening. Hey, NSA. That's better than World of Warcraft. <laughs> it's definitely better than World. That was one of those things where, if you were if you were any kind of gamer, and you know when one of these new online games no, hits, no, no, we've talked about how that. Quickly we, we the, how quickly the site goes down. When you do that with healthcare, what you know, what else would you expect? I, you know, I looked at it and I go, it's going to go down the first day. Oh no, but that still ticks me off because it ticks me off in games. Yeah, it, it's 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 what and and this is this is a politics free rant. This is more about our culture. I'm not. I'm not coming out on the right or the left, though. I'm sure True. people know where I lean. I, I. But it's not to infuriate anybody about politics. It's about we as a culture accept and expect incompetence as the first result of anything. And that I mean down. But we expect it because it's what happens. Right, but I mean, but but I mean, it is. It's like this. We accept it. We're a culture of resignation. We accept it. It's That's like the problem. We used to. I mean, this is complacency. We used to be a nation. When you talk about American exceptionalism, which, by the way, I'll, uh, this is the one political statement I'll make. I still do believe. I am. I am. A, I am a nationalist in this. That I think we. This is the greatest country in the world. Da, 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 no, but it could da, be. Da. It could be. What? No, I am like Robert F. Kennedy. I see things as they are, like but, but I but I ask the question, you know, uh, what, you know, to seek to make it what it could be. But uh, I I just think it used to be that you know you'd you'd expect quality out of the out, out of, of the, the gate. gate, right? And we don't anymore, and we just accept that. I mean, Disney Infinity. I, I and I've, I've ranted this before. I dodged a bullet with my kid because we played it <coughs> at midnight. Then he didn't get to play it for another week. Right. So the disappointment of the fact that PlayStation, the Sony network, restarted the game every time I went in to play it for play it for three days did not affect my son. But people all across the country were like, what? "Are my six year olds disappointed?" Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, that is upsetting. No, but it's it, terribly upsetting. And it was, what it is is, <coughs> when, with new technology, there's there's never enough time. To meet demand, and people, uh, people, and demand is is two things. There's a demand of the of the corporation that has already done their projections based on profit for right. the next year, and if they don't get the product out on a certain date, they can't they can't cash in that check for that that quarter. So you have the you have the corporate side that is always pushing the technological side too hard. The tech side knows it's not ready, and well, I say this, lie. I say this is somebody who worked in. This this area for thirty years, um, yeah, thirty years. Uh, but the the idea that that the uh, that these things fail, yeah, is somewhat somewhat expected in and acceptable in entertainment. But when you start talking about people's livelihood, about right. their ability to get health care, right, that's when it goes up another notch, and it and you really can't. Uh, you can't. You can't it. afford to screw up, right? You know, you're right. You're right. And, they, and, and what they really should have done was was look at it hard and said, "It is not going out fully online 
and we're pushing we're pushing back the actual start date three months. So here's the so question. So you can go ahead and look at it and browse and That's figure out and do done. everything but put your order in. So were we specific enough or were we vague enough that liberals think we're conservative and conservatives think we're liberal or specific enough <laughs> that liberals think we're liberal and conservatives think we're conservative? Uh, because we just want to offend no one except except bad programming. I just, um, I, I'm, I'm always upset about the the people who are not capable of understanding the technology making the decisions as to when it's done. And that's a well, problem. That's, fair enough. that's, that's fair a problem enough. both in, in the corporate world and in the government world. And oh, it's, it's a problem. It's in the private sector, the public sector. It's everywhere. everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. So I know. You know why? Because it's like, it's like the bee problem. There are fewer magic elves actually are available to go around and pollinate all the servers yes. in the way that you need. Yes. So um, let's go to movies, shall we? Let's, let's leave it there. <laughs> that was such a great analogy. So we, we, we can't top that magic elf pollinating servers thing. I've just got a visual image on that. Because somewhere gonna, there's a CEO that went, is that how it works? <laughs> and by the way, he, we just hired that guy. he just collected a bonus. Um <laughs> Uh, he's in charge of Sears. Um, so uh, I was reading an article about that guy today. So anyway, uh, while we were gone, while we were out, while we were the away. Sony released the Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer, which was loaded with Amazing Spider goodness um, in a way of this is going to be like watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends uh, it, because did you have seen the trailer? I've seen I think I've seen part of it. I, I came in on. Uh, Electro chasing Spider-Man through some area and shooting okay. firebolt. You have Electro. You have Electro. Right. They. I, you blink and you miss it. There's the Rhino. The Rhino is like is is it's a like armor. A, it's mech, armor. Mecked up. Mecked up. I I, yeah. I don't think I liked it, but okay, whatever. Because I realize that most moviegoers, mainstream moviegoers, are going to say. They put him in a rhino suit. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's in a gray rhino he's costume. He's in a gray rhino costume. And what's so terrifying? Yeah, what's a, Tickle him to death. But you put him in an eye. You put him in armor. So I get that. Okay, I get that. Um, it's Iron I'm Man st- with a horn on his I'm face. I'm still disappointed. But then, you know, I mean, look, in the way, way back when in that tangled web of Spider-Man that uh, uh, Peter Milligan and Duncan Figredo could do basically flowers for Algernon with the rhino and yes. nobody went... That's a ripoff of a Hugo <laughs> Award-winning novella. It's Charlie. No, it's Rhino. Um, you know, so anyway, uh, the Rhino. Then we got the revelation that Harry Osborn will be the Green Goblin. Yes. In full Goblin. And then there's a lab. We're not sure where that lab is. <coughs> Probably underground because in the world of Spider-Man movies, they're always underground labs. Yes. Uh there are there are they're rarely street corner. Let's just face. <laughs> well, there are street corner labs here, but they just give out marijuana. Uh, so at least here in San Jose. So uh, there there were shots of the wings of the vulture, which if you'll go back to August in uh, yeah, on yeah, Fanboy yeah. Planet, we leaked that there was an independent film that claimed Colm Fior was playing Adrian Toomes, the vulture, and uh, so. I have a feeling you'll get the vulture, and they saw the arm. We saw the arms of Doctor Octopus. So plus we so got that's the Sinister Six. We got of. the Sinister Six. Plus we got a look at um, Chris Cooper as a as Norman Osborn in a, on his sick bed. Yeah. Uh, so we know there's something that Harry's going to become the Goblin first. I, I wouldn't rule out that Norman will become the Goblin by the end. 
of of at least Amazing Spider-Man the 3. The trilogy. The trilogy. Uh, and Sony has made it clear they want to create the Avengers kind of franchise. That they said there's going to be an Amazing Spider-Man 4, and Mark Webb and Andrew Garfield have both said, we're not negotiating. We haven't contracted for that. Exactly. So what it may be Sony is, has your faces digitally. They'll be able to uh, It may be a Black Cat movie, or it may be a Venom movie that they're yeah. considering Spider-Man 4, like somehow to spin off there. Or, again, I'd like to see The Prowler, but that's just me. Uh, anyway, you know, there's a possibility. So they're going to create their super team and then swing back around to Spider-Man. Yeah. And whether that's Andrew Garfield or not, as long as we get that trilogy finished. But it was an interesting-looking trailer. I feel like I'm somehow in the minority. I like Amazing Spider-Man better for all its hokiness, better than I liked any of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And I know I'm... I'm not in the majority on that, but I really did like what Mark Webb did in character building much better. I have to say that, except for the first Raimi movie, I've always walked away kind of empty from every one of them. That I've never really felt like I was watching Peter Parker and Spider-Man. That maybe I would like you to not, uh, for the sake of your own self, self-esteem, self don't go back and listen to the podcast in which you and Goodson reviewed Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Because that's not what you said. I know. Yeah, your nipples were exploding with delight. Goodson does that, though. I know. I think it has nothing to do with the movie. It's something about what's... Wait a minute. It was when I was... You know, actually, we're in no danger of Goodson hearing this. It was It was when I was watching... It's when you're watching it, but afterwards, when you think about it, and you go, do I want to see that movie again? I think what it is is those movies were like Funyuns. I mean, exactly. I, I, think, I think summer movies or blockbuster movies are like Funyuns. <laughs> and it's the rare one... That will stick, and then you can enjoy after. Right. The, the, it's right. like I want to go back and watch that again. Right. So, you know, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll buy in that. Unlike Animal House, I can <laughs> walk away from almost any Spider-Man movie on television. But that, right, we're back to enjoying. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, we also uh, speaking of Animal Houses, Mutant Houses. Uh, you know, Brian Singer actually did say that uh, announced that uh, X-Men: Days of Future Past will be followed up immediately by X-Men Apocalypse. Right. So they're going to roll into filming that sequel, so we didn't get a chance to talk about that. So not that there's much to talk about, except uh, we're covering ground that uh, Lon and I covered on Moore versus a Fanboy this week, but it's a different perspective. Yeah, I think... You and I are more... It's interesting when they they list the people who are in it, and you've got James McAvoy, and you've got... Um, Captain Picard. Uh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, right? Basically playing the same character in different times. And that's, and that's Days of Future Past. Right. I'm not sure if Apocalypse is going to carry so through that's that idea. Not going, I, I can't imagine that they're going to carry those characters along. Well, into here's what Apocalypse. I'm going to say: if they are, if they're really, if they're, if Fox is following suit with how crazy Marvel's about to get with Disney, with Guardians of the Galaxy, going out there, way out there with the concept, right? And we know that Bishop will be in Days of Future Past. I would really like to see, besides Mr. Paul Cunha, owner of Seven Stars Bar and Grill, walking up to the podcast. He's not going to say anything, is he? You know, he just thumbs up. He just gave us a thumbs up. We have to describe it. It's all auditory. We're good. It's We're okay. Good. <coughs> Hello, Paul. Take it easy. Paul's just looking in to make sure the music and the ambiance of Seven Stars is not overwhelming us, and I think we're okay. No, it's the hut that's overwhelming us. I just I look back and caught him again. Huh! He's right there. Uh, when you look at him, he can't move closer to you. The weeping Jabba. <laughs> um, 
we'll get there too. Uh, but anyway, I would really be impressed. I don't know if I'm right, I, and don't I'm not betting any money. But if they just went, if I may say, balls out, and did the Age of Apocalypse, yeah, in Apocalypse, gave us an entire alternate reality yep. movie. I would be so bloody impressed, I can't tell you. And you know why I think they might do that? Why? Action figures. I'm sold. Just all those variant action figures of characters. I mean, just the Wolverines alone, you know? Or the other thing is, if Hugh Jackman does not come back, although he's claiming, you know, because he's making grumbling noises about... You know what I'd I'm like? I'm too old for this. I'd like $100 million for this, for this <laughs> exactly. movie. I'm going to uh, give you a number that you won't make, so you'll leave me alone. No, well, they'll keep paying him. Yeah. Um, is, since they rewrote uh, Days of Future Past to make Wolverine the central figure, maybe it's a world without Wolverine. If he really wants to get out of it, his demand is $100 million and Wolverine has at least one dance number. Work for Tobey Maguire. <laughs> uh Although I, please, that would just make it better. Wolverine sings finally. It's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Superman versus Batman made two specific cast, well, three specific casting announcements last week, or one today, actually. Oh, I didn't hear the one today. Okay, well, here we go. Okay. I, I can't remember who the vil- who the second one was. Are they going to really name this thing the Justice League? They might as well. For God's sake, it's going it, to, it's, you know, their ongoing quest to back into a Justice League movie because <laughs> it's, it's like, the only oops, way. We made one. It's the only well, <laughs> We don't know how that happened. Did you enjoy it? Can we sell the action figures? Can we? Can we? Yeah. Um, Mattel, what do you think? What do you think? Are we good? Uh, Superman versus Batman cast a Wonder Woman. Yes. An actress named Gal Gadot from the Fast, Fast and Furious in the last franchise. two in the last two movies from Fast and Furious. FF. So I honestly the only Fast and Furious I've seen is uh two. No, I I take it back. I saw Tokyo Drift. Um and we must acknowledge, I think we didn't have a chance to say not to mock the passing of Paul Walker, which again on Family Planet you can see uh interviewed from way back when with Mario and myself. And uh yeah, I, I I really feel like I like I, say, I haven't watched any Fast and Furious, but I'm willing to buy the sixth one just because they're giving some of the money to his charity. Oh, and uh, so I heard that. Uh, yeah, they I saw an ad and went, "That's the classy thing to do." I hope they're really sincere about that. Yeah, and honestly, in a weird way, I feel terrible about that the loss of him. Not that I thought he was a great movie star, but many people did. Oh, it was entertaining. And, and, and I think, and I think, lots of people. And I, and I want to say, damn good human being. And the loss of, of a damn good human being always upsets me, but, you know, I really, really, uh, I was shaken. But back to Gal Gadot. This is an Israeli star as well. She's been in some films in in Israel. Somebody was describing her as wayfish, and I looked at it. She's not wayfish. No, she she's, looks like she could sturdy. be a Wonder Woman. She could be she could be a Wonder Woman drawn by. Uh, um, the reality yeah. is Adam Hughes. Um, yeah, the reality Hughes. is that it, you know, they've gone. They got when they went with Ben Affleck as Batman. That's a known quantity. Henry oh. Cavill. Who really knew who Henry Cavill was before? Man of Steel. So, <coughs> I mean, he got a couple of things, like the Immortals, as a result of having been cast. Yeah. But 
I mean, I like my unknowns. Christopher Reeve was great. So Gal Gadot, an unknown quantity to me. Yeah, she relatively. Could be a, she could be a very good Wonder Woman. I yeah. have no idea. It'd be good to see a screen test. And, you know, I, of course, I, I, I How look, convincingly is she going to come off as somebody who comes from an island and is not like streetwise doesn't hasn't picked up any kind of uh, any any kind of well, regular slang. I've or seen a like variety that. of pictures, stills from films, where I feel like she accomplishes a couple of different looks. Like there yeah. is the hard edge, there are the glamour I shots. The, I buy the look entirely, but I'm really just like looking for how is she going to be able to project I, herself. I don't know, but dramatically. So the thing I take with a grain of salt is when you know Zack Snyder says, "Oh, she's absolutely the one." I'm like. Okay, listen, most of America and most of the world will fall for the fan press. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, that's just it. It's like, no, there are a whole bunch of reasons that have nothing to do with her acting ability that are the reason why she's cast. And acting ability might be one of those reasons, but it's not the only one. And so, you know, same thing with, you know, Ben Affleck. (coughs) It's not a bad choice, but don't tell me it's because he's got that brooding intensity and nobody else had it. So there's a big... you're gonna, you're gonna. We'll do all the standard jokes, yeah. and I'll just lead into it. I spent about two hours last night looking reading, for reading the January February 60th anniversary issue of Playboy. There were a lot of great articles in it. One of them was a long interview with Affleck, where he talks about what went wrong with Daredevil and what his feeling is about Batman, and uh, it's actually a pretty good article. So I should. Buy this magazine. You should buy this just for the research. Uh, January, February. Yeah, it's the okay. January, February. Because I wouldn't want to accidentally buy the wrong one. You wouldn't, because then you have to go out and buy another one. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're it's, right. It's funny though. They have on the front cover. It's, it says uh, they have a list of all the people who are in it, who have written in it, and you got Ian Fleming and <laughs> and Truman Capote and stuff. And what it is is actually they're they have letters to Hef. From various people. Oh, so Hunter S. Thompson has written a letter to him. Um, had written, had written. Put it in the past Ian tense. Fleming, they're all dead. Ian Fleming writes writes a letter to Hef saying, "I understand you're looking. Uh, I, he's on. Uh, what was what's the name of the island he was on? They used it for one of the movie names. Golden Eye. Golden Eye. So he's on Golden Eye. And uh, no, it actually, was on Jamaica, the island of Jamaica. In his, his, his state compound. was Golden Eye. Yeah. Um, and nearby is a uh, some some property that apparently he had heard Hef was interested in. He said, "If you want, I can help you out with the uh, with the coming and going here." God, and, what a great life! It's a shame Hef did not enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. Gene Simmons has a great quote about Hefner that I won't repeat. Well, no, no, okay. I'm I'm going to look at this. It's a great issue. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of history of of the United States of America since the since the uh, early '60s through current, mm-hmm. and it's it was really. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at a lot of history through the eyes of um a man who built a publishing empire and media and oh yeah no 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 just, no, uh, no doubt there yeah um <clears throat> and so so but the affleck story was was uh, i'm very fascinated by that because i think affleck's a, a brilliant man regardless of what people think of his acting ability he's very introspective i've enjoyed every interview i've ever seen with him uh, i respect the guy but the other casting thing that came was confirmed today but not the role is Jason Momoa, hmm. who was Conan, and was actually not yeah. bad as Conan, but it was a bad movie, right. and is, of course, Cal Drogo, Drogo in uh, and Game of Thrones. And he was on Star, uh, uh, Stargate. Stargate Atlantis, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, the rumors are, so, could he be Doomsday? 
which huh. is a is a character very much telegraphed by the Man of Steel interesting DVD. Ooh. Or wait, here's the other thing people are are speculating okay. in the ongoing we shall back into Justice League. Yeah. Is he the Martian Manhunter? Interesting. I'm going to give a third possibility. And now okay. they were they were saying he's a good guy. Not saying anything because he could be a terrific Black Adam. Oh, I thought you were going to say prankster. No. Why would he? Why would Black Adam be in a Superman versus Batman movie? Why not? Because that role belongs to the Rock. Okay. What if you can't get the Rock? <laughs> this guy. That role belongs to the Rock. Okay, fine. Do you smell? No, I what. I, Here's here's my plan. The Rock. You bring Black Adam in as this kind of like mystery character in the Batman Superman movie, which then introduces the Shazam movie. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to say, and then we're going to do the Trinity War. No, because you know what, DC would just be Warner Brothers would be just stupid stupid enough enough to do that to take the worst Justice League story in the history of Justice League stories and make that the centerpiece of their universe. Because, no, but I, I would, because David S. Goyer said his friend Jeff Johns wrote a cool story. But if you were going to introduce, <laughs> if you're going to introduce Shazam, I would contend that Black Adam is a more interesting character to bring that. I'm, I'm going to put my that, money down that, right now uh, on property in the prankster. The prankster, of course. <laughs> How much money are you putting down on that line? I don't know why, but it just occurred to me today that it'd be hilarious if that if you made a Superman movie and you got all these big guns, you've got Superman, it's you've like got casting, the, you've got the Trinity, and who brings them together? The prankster. It's like casting Schwarzenegger <laughs> as Mister Limpet. This just in: <laughs> Warner Brothers has cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Incredible Mister Limpet. But you know what does look good along those same lines? The uh, Secret Life of Walter, Walter Mitty. The oh, yeah. preview for that looks absolutely cool. I think there's a screening coming up, and I'll have to look. Um, uh, I, I hope I didn't miss that because I really wanted to see that too. Just like uh, I will say, uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier has gone back into reshoots. Probably nothing to panic about. We know they, they did that do. with Thor. Yeah. It just means they're probably adding Loki to Captain America the Winter Soldier. Turnabout is fair play. Reshoots just mean that they're going to smooth out some of the edits they found yeah. they had to make. So there's I think nothing the, wrong with that. I think the Falcon will be fighting Loki. I think yeah. that's what it is. is right. right. They're going to go in. Uh, Funny God. Thing, but the other thing we, we missed, uh, the, why we missed last week, is uh, let's, get, let's get serious now about Saving Mr. Banks. Yes. Which sounds like it should be a superhero uh, action film. Sounds like. Sounds like a weird war movie, you know. <laughs> Saving Mr. Banks, yeah. um, which was actually the story of, or a fictional, let's be honest, a fictionalized retelling of what uh, the studio went through to get P.L. Travers, the creator of Mary Poppins, I was about to say the franchise, the original the writer of the Mary Poppins books, uh, which was apparently like a 20-year uh, process to get her to uh, accept it, to accept the film deal, uh, what they had to do to close that film deal, and and it's some people originally described it as kind of like the making of Mary Poppins, but it's not. It's really no. focused on P.L. Travers with Tom Hanks as Walt Disney. So it's about crafting the message, the movies, the movies' uh, real reason for for being what it what it's what it's telling the audience. Something that often is is missing. Uh, and some cynical people might say, oh, this is the studio patting itself on the back. But but yeah. let me say something about that. If they're patting themselves on the back with this story about what it took to bring 
to life one of their best movies. Yeah. Well, then, well-deserved, take that victory lap. Yeah. You managed to put some drama in there, and you managed to, and, and John Lee Han, I want to say John Lee Hancock is the director, um, a director I've liked for quite some time, uh, does a great job of pulling out subtle performances. Nobody's showy. Oh, no. You know, Tom Hanks really isn't showy about uh, about playing Disney. And an interesting thing I picked up tonight, uh, listening to a podcast inside the Magic on my way over here, is that the Disney Company because it's it's co-produced by like BBC and a couple of other. There's a whole bunch of other little production companies involved in this. Um, that the Disney Court Company forbade them to show Walt smoking, right? Which he was a heavy smoker. But John Lee Hancock did a really good job of reminding us that, that he is a, that he was a smoker and he wasn't proud of it. <clears throat> and and so I mean I thought no, we never really did see him smoking, but you didn't get fooled that he wasn't ever smoking, right? You know, so I um, thought that was a really humanizing <clears throat> moment in the movie. When- oh, very, very much so. But I know that the that Disney Corporation has been very. Uh, very protective. Like every time you see Walt pointing someplace in the photo, right? The the pointing isn't pointing. It's he's gesturing with a cigarette, and they Photoshop out the cigarette. Oh, the cigarette was almost always on. The, you know, was almost so it's on the two present. Fingers up. Yeah, it's two fingers. They, the, the people think, oh, that, that's his signature gesture. No, it's because he was he was holding the cigarette, but they got rid of it. So, which by the way, I'm all for. I mean, you know, I, I get that if if there is a connection between seeing. Uh, a celebrity smoking and kids thinking smoking is cool, specious as a connection, so sociologically as it may be. I don't mind the alteration when it's a beloved children's figure like that. You know, I wouldn't want to see Dr. Seuss shooting heroin, right? Although it explains a lot. I want to. I want to repeat one of the things when we saw the movie. The one thing that struck me about this was the way they used time and the backstory flashbacks. Um, well, I believe when we walked out, you said, I've been watching too much Doctor it's, Who. It's true. It's true. <laughs> because, because well, you were expecting them to like step into 1900 Australia. <laughs> no, the, the thing was, when they'd show a scene in the, in the past, it almost immediately had an effect well, it on had the a story. Resonance. In, in the, it had in a It had a resonance with, yes. Yeah, yes. and I thought that was actually a, a fairly effective, if somewhat forced way of telling the story. I, I, well, I would say this. It could have been handled so much worse. Yeah. And do that, and, and so it wasn't as obvious as it could have been. But I, I, you know, I saw that as a structural thing. I, I like that. What I get more intrigued by, um, our performances. I can call some. You know, once you realize, oh, there's going to be a figure in her past who is like Mary Poppins. Right. You're waiting for that to happen, and blah blah blah. Where you see it in the commercial too. <clears throat> you, yeah, you do. Um, Although but, you're never, you're not really sure if that's. It could be a dream character. You know, but what I appreciate. And now it suddenly occurs to me, is, is this the other movie that he directed? Did he direct The Blind Side? Is this the same guy who directed The Blind Side? Because I what I appreciate about this, and we have to check, and this may require a pause in the casting, um, is, that it, is that like Sandra Bullock in The Blind Side delivering uh, a very uh, subtle performance that yeah, he wrote The Blind Side. John Lee Hancock wrote The Blind Side. Okay. Uh, I will totally buy into it. There it is. No, he's a director. He is. I was right. 
Okay. Oh, I, I, under right under writer, he's he's listed as oh, well because he because he probably he did both. So yeah. I go under director. I just found the first one. Saving yeah. Mr. Banks, The Blind writer, Side, writer, The Alamo, the, bl- the Rookie. Side. Um, some you know, very few few films, but I've enjoyed them all. Uh, and so there he goes. Like in The Blind Side, I felt performances were subtle. Why I was all for, and I know that right now, like if Jordan Rosa was listening to this podcast, he's going to punch me the next time he sees me. I thought Sandra Bullock absolutely deserved the Oscar because it was not a showy performance. Right. There was nothing, there was nothing in, in the character that was so out there that you would, you would say that's going to be a breakthrough okay, performance. Okay, there's an Oscar-winning Oscar moment, and I would say this stereotypically, you know, there is, it, because it's like in, in an otherwise, actually, but it's effective, in Schindler's List, the monologue that uh, Liam Neeson, spoilers, has near the end as, as he's escaping from his factory, and he has this big monologue, which is clearly, this is the bravura acting right, moment. Right, right, right. Um, and don't get me wrong, that made me cry uncontrollably in the cinema when I saw that, because I say things like cinema. And uh, <laughs> that uh, there are those monolo- there is that monologue for Tom Hanks as Walt Disney, but so yes. underplayed. Yes. So underplayed. And then, gotta say, because he's almost completely hidden from the publicity ahead of time from the commercials, Colin Farrell as. Oh, yeah. As P.L. Travers' father is so good. Now, yeah. I've seen him be good. I mean, I like Colin Farrell. Don't get me, you know, again, not an actor was like, what a surprise. But so understated. There's such, such, you get the idea. So realistic. The, the love between the father and daughter, daughter is, is, is just amazing just by their presence and the things that they do together and the reactions to each, each other's speech and talking and events. The. But yet, yeah, you're right. It's just so understated and so natural. Um, and and the one point where he really has this kind of crazy moment in the movie, I thought was wonderful. It's not a crazy moment because I thought, because for a bit, I was like, he's going to get away with it. Are we talking about the on the bandstand? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I he, thought he was going to get away with it. Yeah, I well, and but the and that's the lyric to the song that right they eventually write right, which I was uh, I I was just like. This is so amazing of a connect and again a connection from the past to the future. And the best performance Jason Schwartzman has given oh as Richard M. Sherman. Yeah. And again, understated. BJ Novak is Robert Sherman. I haven't seen the documentary about the two of them and I really need to see it. But I you know, I want to talk because I felt this is weird, but when I go to movies with people, I look over, check their reactions. I can't help myself. Um, and you mentioned, so it, was Mary Poppins the first movie you remember seeing? Probably not the first, but my my aunt took me to see right, it. Right, and you said it, so she it's held like, a special. like my crazy aunt. Well, so. and just as I, like Peter Pan, because, you know, everybody's got their first Disney movie. I think I saw Puss in Boots before that in, you know, some... Some European. Must have been one of those weird, yeah, yeah European, well, European brought over Saw things. a lot of those things, yeah. too, as a kid. But like, yeah, I Peter Pan for me is is kind of that film because my uncle took me, and it's the first thing I remember seeing with that with that uncle, and so you know I could tell 
watching I, this was having a, a huge emotional effect on you. We saw it right when it first came out, and we were living in L.A. at the time. So we probably saw it at the main cinema that it, that it Right, you may have seen at. it at so the Chinese. I'm sure it was you may a, have seen it at the Chinese. I'm sure it was a, a, a huge... I remember I have a very vivid recollection of leaving the theater and looking up at this very ornate building, but I can't remember if it was the Chinese or not. So, okay, but let's, yeah. for the sake of the legend, say it was. It was the Chinese, uh, definitely. <laughs> and so... I, you know, where, uh, but I, I go with Mary Poppins as, um, it was a movie, <laughs> I saw the Cinema 150. Uh, a great theater. A great own. theater that is now gone. Cinema 150 in a double feature with silent running. Why the hell that was the <laughs> double feature, I just, still don't know. That's just so amazing. Uh, enjoyed both films. But, well, silent running is a musical too. But Mary Poppins was a movie that I, I don't know why I, I I connected very strongly as a kid. Yeah. Um, and then as an adult, I have, because I, I resonate, I, I think that message resonates of, uh, especially as I've often referenced here, you know, I mean, honestly, when you sometimes feel like, are you not spending enough time with your kids? Forget the damn Cats in the Cradle song. Right. You know, Let's Mary Poppins is really about that, of you know, and, and the message of Saving Mr. Banks. So... It also has a tie-in, and it was one of the last movies I watched with my grandmother. Uh, and I showed, I took it, and I showed it to her, and of course, her coming up with, this is a long movie. <laughs> you know, and I said, forgotten how long it was. But, you know, but to sit as there. As an intermission. No, not on the DVD. It okay. may have originally. I think but, it did. But the DVD doesn't do it. Uh, but I never feel that. Like, each, se- each sequence to me is like, there's just so much. It's so packed full of, of great stuff. And it is, to me, just one of the most perfect movies that, Disney ever did, if not, you know, just one of the most perfect studio movies. It's just one of my favorites. So to watch this film where it's a nice behind-the-scenes, nice glimpse. They disagree. I think, I think they're playing dice. I don't know what's going on, but it's very burly over there. Is, did Duck, the cast of Duck Dynasty walk in? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, we get this nice little behind-the-scenes and... Though there are things that I, I said, you know, it's streamlined. He references Roy, and my impression of Roy and Walt was always that Roy was there going, like, my God, pulling out what little right. Harry had left. Right. Like, Walt, the money, you're being the money. crazy. <laughs> but I guess, you know what, what, I'd like to see that. I don't know if I want another movie with Tom Hanks, but I, because you know what, I think the real story of Disney, because this, this was also groundbreaking, this is the first time they've allowed disney himself to be portrayed right on film but i think there are some things that you want to see as a story yeah this was one of them what i want to see about roy and walt are the the young brothers i want to see a documentary i want to see i want to see a lot of accredited people talking about the background i want to see maybe i'd like i wouldn't mind seeing a fictionalized idea because i think we forget especially in a world today when there are Ten magic kingdoms across the world. Right. Um, there are the skeletons of failed amusement parks everywhere. What Disney did was so groundbreaking, and uh, and so many people have tried to follow suit, and some have been successful. I mean, but I still think you know, if Warner cared, you'd go to Magic Mountain, and there'd be more than a cursory attempt to theme Gotham City. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's there, but it's not at the same time. I that well we take it for granted, but in 1955, Disneyland had to have been 
such a freaky concept. Yes. That. Well, you had Palisade Parks and some of the stuff. Well, you know, and, and like, I mean, amusement parks existed. Yeah. But, but I would like to see a movie. I mean, maybe Tomorrowland will touch on that. That movie, the movie, wow. the Brad Bird's making. Maybe. I mean, it's no one knows much about but it. This one, this one was a story about a movie that you watch and you have an emotional attachment to. You tear up. You get choked right. up. You you want you empathize with one or more of the characters in it. And in this stepping back to the making of the the, the building of that relationship between Disney and oh, Travers, crap. yeah, you do the same thing, but for different reasons. And their reactions to the film at the uh, when they're yeah. watching it, and you get like a double step back uh, and yeah, get the I, same I emotional go, I, reaction. I, no, absolutely. And you know, you, and, you know, here's and the, that's that's the kind here's of the stuff. underplayed thing: the fact that we have the moment that Walt first hears "Feed the Birds," yes. which I know is his favorite was his favorite song. And you play four bars of that song, oh, yeah. and I'm tearing up. Yeah, like if that was ever on karaoke, there's no <laughs> way I could sing it. I would go in the cathedral. <laughs> I need a drink. Uh, <laughs> it's like, right. and it always but did. That's why I'm saying this. This was a personal story about about, and it feels personally shot about it's tension really- between these two people, and then the final, uh, and then the revelation. That we won't yeah. totally spoil, although it's been a while. Um, the, the I mean, it's probably not sure, but yeah. The idea, the idea, <laughs> yeah. Spoiler: They made the movie. Uh, the idea, <laughs> the idea that, that ah, damn it, that they made this revelation, and that it's almost like it's almost like a detective story from Disney's standpoint as to well, and, why and, he can't figure out why she keeps sabotaging. And I'll the say, film. and I'll say, it's a double shot this season for Disney. Their highest-grossing animated film, or the highest-opening animated film, was Frozen. But to recall that Frozen is is uh, opens with a short subject, get a horse, in which Walt's actual voice is used as Mickey Mouse. Nice. And then to have Tom Hanks playing him. Yeah. It's I feel warm all over as with my with my Disneyana, you know, and and really, I was glad to see that. I don't want to don't make this mistake i don't think i'm going to take my nine-year-old to it yeah if my 14 year old who's very much into the behind the scenes stuff if if she wants to go i'd be really happy to go see save mr banks again with her yeah i think it's a really well done movie i don't think that kids will little kids will enjoy it and i hope that it's not really i don't think it's it's really made for them to enjoy no i don't think it is made for them i don't think i'm not sure the marketing mary poppins touche Shall we move on? Sure. Uh, to television, which is uh, oh my passcode, I shall not tell you people. Oh no, I was uh, I got stuck in the IMDb there for John Lee Hancock. So proud of my knowledge. Um, that uh, oh went back to comics and here we go, here we go. TV <laughs> time of the Doctor trailer. Yes, for Christmas Day. Yes. Did you see and enjoy? Yes. Every possible villain you could possibly want uh, yes. showing up. I loved. I, I used the uh, in the announcement on Facebook tonight for this podcast. I used the the graphic for Time of the Doctor, which shows him standing there holding a Cyberman head in one hand. Which I just, yes, this is so awesome. But there'll be Daleks. There'll be weeping angels. Yes. Um, I was really kind of hoping because there's a, a line of dialogue about he's going to regenerate or something that I thought, give me the give me those Capaldi eyes again. You know, he's got Peter you Capaldi. See, uh, did you see Capaldi's, I forget where I read this, but Capaldi uh, talking about 
how excited he is to be. Um, oh, Moffat. Moffat was writing, saying he had gotten a text or something from Capaldi saying, just 23 more sleeps till I regenerate. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's and, and by the way, Moffat, you stinking liar. No, I, I was seriously on Facebook from two different Doctor Who fan sites. I, I saw two interviews posted on the same day with Stephen Moffat saying diametrically opposite things. <laughs> I'm like, is there no criticism left in journalism? Why, why must everybody just like, at least I appreciate that when I sat down with Stephen Moffat and I asked a question about what was coming up, he just looked at me and said, why should I tell you? Yes. And I thought, good. I would rather... You do that instead of lying left and right and having all these writers going, oh, we have the scoop. Journalists, please. Be journalists. Yes. It just drives Pay me attention. crazy. Oh, Pay my attention. God. But anyway, looking forward to the time of the doctor on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, I got to say, I wanted to talk about. You know what? The yeah, I'm a little upset, though, uh, along the same line. Are you, were you moving on from the time of the doctor? I was. So uh, I don't think this is on your list. Sherlock. Is not going to be shown day premieres day. on New Year's Day in Britain. We, we get, get it January seventeenth. Yeah, three almost three weeks later. When clearly the BBC gets it about Doctor Who. And somebody pointed out to me that it's not it's not BBC America that's doing it. No, it's, it's Masterpiece, Masterpiece Theater. It's Masterpiece. That's which why. PBS, the public brain dead service. Um, can't learn anything from and our conservative listenership just shot up yeah no, i donate to them but i'm still to the conservative way. listenership yeah them too yeah okay <laughs> we'll do what we're so desperate <laughs> for I attention just give everybody money okay uh all right <laughs> um you know the wolverine came out on dvd uh and so the very uh again i'm a little ticked uh, but I'll still put uh, some things on the on the uh, list. I haven't well, I haven't opened up and watched the behind the scenes stuff yet, the extras, but I need to. But uh, again, the extended cut, which is supposed to be the actual really best version, is only available on the 3D. Really? Yeah. Which is stupid. That sucks. That sucks. So I've got the Blu-ray plus DVD package. That and is it's still not great. On the Blu-ray. And it's not on the Blu-ray. Oh my god. So I'm I'm annoyed with that. But I did get. Because I ordered it back at Comic-Con, and I thought they, and they said it was going to be a Comic-Con exclusive, and now, no, it's available. So, guys, I'm going to put this link up on the, on the Fanboy Planet uh, gift guide page. The, uh, ab- the Adamantium, I think they call it the Adamantium Collection. Yeah. So all six movies in, uh, in that the, feature. That, uh, well, all six X-Men movies, right. and that's including the X-Men Origins Wolverine. All, uh, all the movies that feature Wolverine. With a, well, it's all six X Men movies. Yes. Well, I mean, because <laughs> they all feature Wolverine. Yeah, which is the finally the screenwriter Simon Kinberg of uh, Days of Future Past admitted this. It's like why use why use Wolverine instead of Kitty to go back in time? Well, since the whole series is really about oh, Wolverine, Wolverine, yeah, and it really is. But so so they're they're in a in the in a slab of metal, a metal grate, right. And with it is a reproduction of Wolverine's gloved claw. So a nice little display case. I'm so not it's a gonna, brown leather with the No, it's black studs. leather. Black leather. But it's got the little like studs that the blades come out of in the in the leather. Oh we got the blades. But I mean the blades are extended. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes, it's got it there. So um 
So it's a nice little collector's case to have all six movies. And then there's a bonus disc that includes the history of Wolverine. You get a cheese board with it, too? So you it did cut, look like it. It did look cheese like cheese with the Wolverine flaws. And- well, I think in, in my most perfect evening, I'm cutting cheese. <laughs> Watching my X-Men movies, scratching my belly. Uh, uh, yes. yes, that was horrible. Horrible. But you know what was great last night? What? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is finally the show I wanted it to be. It was actually good. And it's continued. I cried. Yeah. I cried. You did? I did. At what part? Uh, everything about the father-son. Oh, okay. Everything about that. And about and, and Coulson trying desperately to it's save It's too bad family. he wasn't a main character that you were... Well, that has been the flaw <laughs> in the show. Maybe he'll be... What other show has that guy been in? I know I've no, seen No, that's him. Gun from Angel. Oh, yeah. Ah. So, anyway. Well, that was like 10, 12 years ago, right? Has it been that long? I think it has been. Uh, Maybe. Because you're right, because Bones is like in season eight. Yeah. Oh, crap. We're old. Let me have another linguisa corn dog and finish the killing me now. (laughs) At least I will go deliciously. Uh, No, it was... uh, You're right. You're right. I was like, I keep looking and going, I I know it's the guy, but where's he from? But it was finally a show to me. It was finally an episode firmly set in a universe of superheroes. Yes. I believed that. Yes. I believed that Shield was training. Yes, and it made me care. And they, had they Shield. finally made me care about Coulson the way I cared about Coulson in the movies. Yes, and Clark Gregg just nailed every damned line delivery. Everything about the cellist. You talk about a guy who is just a subtle but perfect actor. And he is in that character, and I can only believe that when he's not performing he's the same guy that's the only way he's that perfect all i know is i want to be friends with him i I rarely say something this stalkerish but i i really would i think that you'd we you would have a a heck of a time yeah going out to dinner and just talking with that guy yeah and as an actor as a writer and as a director because he's a film he's a full he's a triple threat filmmaker um but that and then he would spend time on agents of shield that but he's a fan yeah, and and that he's willing to be part of that franchise is just so amazing to me. So he made it. J. Uh, August Richards, who was, uh, yeah, Parker, I think is the name character name. Uh, they came back for this episode. They nailed it. Yeah, the I, other I characters wish, I still don't care too much about. They're a little cartoonish. I wish they'd get, but s- the plot finally they got me. just resolve Sky's mystery because I'm not finding it all that compelling. In the meantime, it's kind of annoying, especially when it's so clear who her mother is. Yeah. So. I mean, they did everything but put a neon sign. So now it sounds like we hate it. But, um, yeah. but it was worth watching. It was worth coming back from that because if they can focus on that kind of energy and, and convince me that that's the world they're living in. Yeah. And remind me, I like that it wasn't. I, I love this parallel universe concept that the action figures aren't called the Avengers, even though Coulson called them the Avengers last night. Okay. But that... Uh, that the, that J. August Richards said he got his son the complete set of the Heroes of New York, uh, and that that's what they're called. And I thought it's a nice. I I like yeah. a, a story, and that's why I loved about Iron Man three. When you reference that, and 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 this this and maybe the episode with the Asgardian, maybe right. made me feel like yes, this show exists in the same universe as those movies, and that's what you want. And that's what I wanted. And too many of them have been like, no, 
this is a movie, this is a television series trying to rip off the success of those movies. This finally felt like it tied in. Which it, it seems like they were trying to fight that a little too hard by mm-hmm. not by not mentioning it being part of it. But I, I'm, I was really happy to see not just one, but two strong bad guy characters. Yeah, the I fl- love the villains. The, 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 the woman in the flower dress is just so pragmatically evil that I just love that character. And, and then the, the guy in prison. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't sit there. <laughs> that seat's taken. Yeah. And no, and just so casually. Uh, yeah, everything about it. I, I thought that was a great episode. Yeah. And a nice twist to it. And, yeah, a good mid-season finale. And now I'm like, uh, I, had stopped, I had stopped caring urgently to watch it on Tuesday night. Right. And then, truthfully, when I say it was last night's episode, I watched it this morning. And because somebody else went, damn, S.H.I.E.L.D. And on Facebook. And I went, okay, I'll check it out. And suddenly became, crap, yeah. When now it comes it, back, I can't wait. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, kudos to you, Whedon. And uh, kudos to you, listeners, because I'm out of material. We never talked about this guy. Oh, my God. Okay. Tail end comic book excitement. Yeah, we never went through our comics. Did I, we, we, we just, we, yes. We glossed. But let's not gloss over. Today is a good day for Rick and myself because Dynamite Entertainment releases... A Doc Savage book that looks like a Doc Savage book. It looks great. And have you flipped through it at all? No. Oh, it looks good inside, too. Oh, yeah, at one point, they're wearing the uh, the skull caps <coughs> that are mentioned in the book. The kind of, they're kind of battle wear. And okay, I'm opening them right now. Yeah, like, I have this here's fantastic, the shot. I have this fantastic, uh, the Alex Ross cover. I have serviceable art inside, but the characters, <gasps> they look like the characters. That you're um, expecting. That's a good Rennie. That's like the best Rennie I've ever seen. Um, I'm sorry, because... Wait. There are rats with skull caps. Um, anyway, uh, I don't want to get... Because this is really good radio. Yeah. Good listening to listen to us flip through pages and just go... <laughs> yeah. Go out and pick this up. If you're but not already a Doc Savage fan, give it a try. And we'll come back with a review on this once we've read it. Because this is the sight unseen thing. Look, Rick and I... Uh, we like the, to do our research. Well, one of the things we're bonded over is really... Uh, the Doc Savage is somehow just a tremendously seminal influence in our childhood sense of heroism and what's great. And uh, so every time he comes back to comics, I have some good, some bad, but I have all of it. Everything that's ever been, uh, you know, since 1966, a Doc Savage comic, I have all of it. Yeah. And a lot of it has been disappointing, even DC's last run. Um, the 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 next wave stuff just never came to fruition the way I wanted it to. You do know the last issue of the Doc Savage series? No, only I told came you. Yeah, yeah, I have it okay. on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a disappointment. I didn't like the art. I the stories were barely yeah. Doc Savage to right. me. And um, even though Azarello was trying, and he had some ideas that I thought were really right. So I have high hopes for Dynamite because Dynamite keeps going back to. Uh, understanding that they are printing characters that aren't comic book characters and taking what makes them makes them work in pulp and put the and just translating that to comics. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's what's going to happen with Doc Savage and we'll see. We'll, we'll get back to we'll it. Definitely see. Uh, just one that they came out this week that I wanted to say I have read uh, now the last time uh, this is uh, Joe Hill's 
Wraith, which uh-huh. is the lead-in comic to the Nosferatu, Nosferatu prose yeah, book novel. that he's done. Um, I read the first issue of this. Damn fine horror writing. Damn fine horror writing. And just an intriguing story that of uh, how a man turns into a monster. And Joe Hill, what, what it, what Joe Hill is easily as good a writer as his father. He is. He is like the best of Stephen King with a with a strong dash of Clive Barker. He's where his father was at that age. You know, like I yeah, really yeah, love. Yeah. I really love Stephen King. We're getting now. Yeah. Um, partially because I've grown up with him, and now I'm in a different place in storytelling. But Joe Hill. I'll still go to and um, oh, I can't remember the name of the anthology. There was I got sent this anthology of zombie stories, and I gave it to to uh, a friend's son because he was really into zombies. And I knew he'd appreciate keeping the book around, you know. Right. Joe Hill had a story written entirely in tweets about a, a circus of the dead, and I swear to God. It is out of all the, and there were some really great stories in that book. That was the only one that scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And I thought, and you played with tweets, man, and you made it totally believable. And it's the story that stuck with me the most since. And this book even has a Max Brooks uh, a continuation of World War Z in it, which was like, okay. But Hill. Had the, has the ability, like Clyde Barker, the best of Clyde Barker's stories, too. Yeah. Just kind of. Stick with me, and it'll kind of just an uneasy way. Skin. They they really do. And they settle in. They do. I mean, you know, I, I got to say, if you've ever read Cold Heart Canyon by Clive Barker, just an old go back and find one of his more obscure novels. Yeah. Because it didn't get a lot of attention, but it's a great Hollywood satire, and it's another get under your skin. And even though, of course, it's dealing with unbelievable horror, it's also like everybody's behaving pretty believably. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's what it makes it great. So um, all for it. Um, so recommended. Recommended. What's your next one? Do you got another one? Oh, we were, I was going to point out the Justice League 3000. That's ah, the only yeah, yeah. thing I'm going to point out because it's uh, one of the few books in my stack that I'm way behind that I could read uh, tonight. So I gotta take a look at this. This is the reboot, you know, not a reboot, but but they've gotten rid of the Legion of Superheroes, which ended by saying that Legion of Superheroes was actually the Legion of Superheroes. It was actually of Earth Two. So this is now uh, the now this is what is the New Fifty Two future. So I have a feeling they'll be a part of that New Fifty Two okay. uh, future dead future is dead book or whatever. Interesting. Um, so we'll see. We will see. It's Keith Giffen. It's James Mateus. Writers, a team I love, with Howard Porter on art. Howard Porter was the guy who did the Grant Morrison JLA run originally, and his work has evolved into being, I like it better than I used to. So I want to give it a shot. Because I don't know why I love superheroes in the future stories. It's a stupid thing to love as a genre because it's like superheroes now are unbelievable. What makes it even cooler about being a thousand years in the future? Yeah, I don't know. It just is. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. So and I just quickly want to mention uh, Honey West. Because we never talk about Moonstone. And T-H-E Cat, which is Thomas Howard Everett. Yes. Cat. Which the were, Cat. These were both 60s uh, TV shows. Of uh, about detectives. a season each. Um, and they've been brought together in kind of a cool mashup. Uh, along with this series, there is a prose book, The Girl and Her Cat. Uh-huh. That's that's been done. I think it's also because Honey West has a pet lynx. Well, no, it's T H E cat. 
Oh, 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 I see. Yeah. But doesn't she have she a She did have, like, a, a Lynx or something. Yeah, in the, an, an in interesting show. Cat, yeah. So I haven't looked at this yet, but uh, this is this is hitting me on a bunch of nostalgia levels. So Well, they're, they're, they, they mean to market to us, and they yep. keep, and they're doing it. So um, anyway, uh, so I think that about wraps up for this week. Next week uh, will be uh, the, the week I find, I will on the air give you that Christmas gift I was so excited about. So because, I guess next week is Christmas, Christmas gift exchange time. Well, because, right, the week after, the week is, after is Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. So, um, yes, we will. So we'll do a big show next week. We'll take a break for the Christmas week. We'll right. come back for New Year's. I think we can do that. I think we can do that. Yeah. Uh, if not, because I have to be down in L.A. for some stuff in the f- first few days. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. Um, but anyway, and Sir, if uh, you like here, you can listen to us on iTunes. You may already do, do. And if you do, please rate us. Please subscribe. Tell your friends. Listen to us on the Stitcher app. You can rate us there. You can, uh, and uh, you can also tell your friends and subscribe on the Stitcher app. And uh, you can find us on www.fanboyplanet.com. Uh, you can also watch more on versus Fanboy there on fanboyplanet.com or on YouTube. You can look it up. And, uh, of course, while you're there, if you want to kick a couple bucks over on PayPal, I just had a great that. promotional idea. What? Kick a couple bucks in, into PayPal, and we'll record on the air a telephone answering message for you. I feel like this is NPR. Fantastic. It's wait, wait, don't tell me. Exactly. Wait, wait, don't talk to me. Uh, <laughs> we will. Oh, there you go. We'll record. A telephone answering machine? What is this, the 80s? Mango Habanero will... Uh, Why don't you put it? You put it on your... You... We'll record an outgoing message for you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're right. you got to get something for nothing. Yeah. Or nothing they, for they something. Get, you know, they can suggest something. You know. Whatever. Whatever you yeah. want, we'll do it. You know. Uh, but it has to be one of us... We can't make a special request of, like, <laughs> like Michael Goodson to sing Rainbow Connection. Um, again, second dig at him tonight. I he think we probably do that. He will never know. <laughs> I think we probably get him to do that. Why are there so many? Okay, anyway. Okay. Songs uh, Goodson. Thank you, people. Uh, next week, the big Christmas gift exchange. Uh, and, of course, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, any ideas at all, Right into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. Miss you, Nate. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. I love rock and roll. So really, it was totally worth it. It was totally worth it. Yeah, it's that's worth four billion. Because that's what I wanted. Yeah. Have a good evening. Which I really want. They fit. I just didn't buy one the last time I was there. It's the Star Wars. It's a Star Darth helmet. It doesn't have the mask. It's the helmet, and it has Mickey's ears. That's pretty cool. I'm recording now. All right. I, I hopefully will have a. How did what? 
did that thing. I really didn't make it a puzzle. There you go. It's a it's a wire. Wires always are a puzzle. I used to think I was crazy, yes. but there is a thing of physics. There is a knot theory that goes along with string theory. Okay. That things actually that that they want to they, they want to knot up. But isn't that chaos theory? But they actually call it, yeah, they call it the knot theory. Knot theory. Okay. I, and I read a thing today, and I'm not going to put it on the podcast, but just briefly, because that's all I'm able to do is, like, I go onto Facebook and go, oh. But I saw an article this morning about, again, the, the, some Japanese physicists have run a, a, a simulation that step, is one step closer to proving we're, a, we're all holograms and that yeah. the universe is flat. I, I cannot wrap my head around that theory. I feel very physical, and I feel well, very three-dimensional. Our perceptions are what we believe them to be. You know, they're they're what we're used. What we we take the impulse and we turn it into a. Uh, you know, it's like I see red in your tie, and you see red in your tie, and we're both looking at the same section. But there's no guarantee that what we what we actually well, wait a see minute. first of all is coordinated. Is it this section? Oh, it's kind of a maroony kind of. Okay, we're just checking. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but, but also when people say that, and I'm one of those that always says that about perception too. Right. But then uh, it's my rare chance to actually say we are looking at the exact same. At least point out that we're looking at the exact, exact same, same thing. Swatch on them. And, and agreeing that it all is, the submarines are yellow. In this case, yes, <laughs> because they're the same color as to, bananas. To wrap this all back up, yes. we all live in a yellow submarine. And scene. Yes, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what I was telling them, because they go, the, my students this morning, we had... Were I you had, going for like a, a hung Christ look at the end? No, there, I, was, I was zen. I was oh, zen. you were zen, I see, okay. Uh, my Funny how those two things. My students, I, it is interesting, isn't it? Uh, my students, I had drama before we went to the cathedral, and they said, Mr. McCaw, you look really, really nice. The, the tie kind of breaks it up. Your student sounds so concerned saying that. Uh, oh, well, you look really, really nice. Well, no, it actually led into a discussion about why is everybody, why are the teachers so well-dressed here? Yes. They make us feel bad. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I can't speak except that I want to, you know, I, there's an expectation that is not shared with the rest of Silicon Valley. Uh, but they said the tie kind of breaks it up in a good way, you know, and I said, well, I mean, what better for your Christmas season to remember that we are all, we all, Live in the yellow, yellow submarine, submarine, you know. It is kind of one of those uh, biblical lessons. Should be, yeah. You <laughs> Gospel know. according to Ringo. It's the one worthwhile. And we're back to the fifth beetle. There, there are there are five girls over the over the bar, desperately trying to get seriously drunk. And I, I believe that was their allowed state stated intent. All right, so we'll probably hear them punctuating throughout the uh, podcast. Do you want to wait? There's a there's a, a a linguista corn dog still coming my way. Oh, we can wait. Okay. We did get a we did get um a letter this week, and I got a uh, PayPal donation. Wow! From the guy, and he emailed me afterwards, and a big thank you. And it's someone we've never heard from before, so I, I always yeah I just love hearing who we're entertaining, why, and mm-hmm. you know it was it was cool. Oh, I signed up for D23 today. Membership? Yeah. And then I texted Jason. I said, so do I need memberships for every member of my family? Or is it just a single thing? And he, go, and he wrote back. No, oh, for, the, for the festival? Yeah, he said get multiple. But the festival isn't until 2015. Right. 
So I don't have to do that until 2014 or so for Debbie. Because we'll, we can get the discount. Now that gives me a discount on stuff at the park and, you know. I don't know how big. You get a multiple discount on that then? Because you get your discount for having the year-long pass and then the D23? I don't have a D23 membership yet. Oh, you don't? Okay. Well, we're going in January, so I wanted to get something so that you get okay. that discount on the shop and stuff for Debbie. Okay. Yeah. The annual gets you 20% off at that's, the big stores. That's considerable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, has lured me into spending more money than I would in the first place. I'm like, well, it's 20%, 20 off. off. Sure. And it gets you 15% off on the restaurants as long as they consider it a meal. Like, you can't, it's not like popcorn, the beignets, you can't get this glass of wine. Because they're snacks. No, wine, potentially, because if you're like, you're eating there. Right. It's part of dinner. Right, but at one of the bars or anything. But you can't get 15% off on ice cream. Yeah. But, so, I mean, I... Oh, did I tell you about my Frozen uh, figures for Disney Infinity? No, what happened? So there was a Amazon... They, they, do, they do those daily deal things. And so I just happened to be on it. I'm looking at it, and it's at right around 5 o'clock in the afternoon, it was the two Frozen Girl package, yeah, 50% off. So I said, okay. I'll, and I set an alarm on my phone, and like 15 minutes ahead of time, I went in there, and I set it all up. And sure enough, the moment the page, refre the page keeps refreshing, and it said deal active, and I clicked it. I hit one, I added to the cart, and I already had it set up for one-click order. Yeah. And so it went all, all went, went through. Probably 15 seconds transpired through the whole thing. And I went back, and it said deal sold out. Frozen's a big deal. Yeah. They've got so many of those clips up on YouTube, too. I have to check in with Jason to compare... I think my I think the programming on my Toy Story game is is faulty. Really? I've I've started over both times the um, you know the the I call them jukeboxes because I don't know what they're the vaults right with the three characters in my to, in my Toy Story not a one of them does anything and now twice both times it appears it doesn't do anything. Huh. So, I you know I don't know what I played it playing as far as I could and I couldn't unlock uh, half the stuff because I couldn't get the jetpack. But Luke played it on his profile and he got the jetpack, so I know that's in there somewhere. But right. I don't know if he unlocked the something. Uh, well, he just got an iPad, so now he is building toy box things on his uh, on his iPad. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I got uh, let's see, the client for uh, da, da, da. the what? The dis What's the? Uh, there are two DC games right now. There's 
There's the injustice, and the other one is the um, injustice is the fighter, yeah, person to person, and then the other one is uh, it's the one with all the all the off characters, the, the uh, infinite crisis, infinite crisis, the, right? Yeah, they're still in beta. Yeah, so. Injustice has an Android client now. Oh, yeah. So I was able to install that um, yesterday. And they had sent me, because I got Arkham, Arkham Origins, and I registered that, they sent me a special Joker outfit, which actually I think is a couple of Joker outfits that got added to my account. Oh, for, for Injustice? Right. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a Joker pack that has Red Hood, um, the Killing Joke, the Hawaiian, the oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what the third one was. It's kind of neat the way they, I mean, when they have the, the one uniform login account and they do it right for, across all their, all their apps, it works out kind of nice to do that kind of cross-promotion stuff. Which is weird because you'd think that Warner can't seem to do anything else right. No, not at all. It's 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 doubly pleasant because it's so unexpected that they could at all come across with a a working system. Yeah. And that's one thing where Marvel stuff is all. I mean, it's it's so many different vendors and different. They're trying to unify it. Yeah. We made a big push this week for hiring content. Um, Coders, uh huh, to go into Marvel Digital, and they're going to try to. Add, so they want to bring everything under one roof. Interesting. And so Marvel Digital being not just the book. Yeah. So I had a, I had another book that uh, when I tried to tried to enter it for the digital books, it just it wouldn't work. And and on top of that, well, I haven't even picked up. Uh, you know, I haven't done anything on Comicsology and. In months, because I finally just decided I'm struggling so hard on this. I, you know, if I yeah. get an iPad, then I might look at Comicsology again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, ready? Ooh, today's gift on uh, Comicsology is Red Sonia. They're really, uh, they're really uh, jumping around, which is good. Yeah. I recommend uh, that you go to BBC Four for a podcast this week. Yeah. They have a comedy advent calendar, so each day a a short sketch by someone different, by different comedy teams in yeah. England. So I I, be, I was looking for uh, Mitchell and Webb, who I love, and they had a a great sketch about the Narnian retail retailers association uh, confronting the white the the uh, the Snow Queen, not, what is she called? The Yeah, the Snow Queen, about um, how it's always winter, and the problem is it's never Christmas, so it's really playing havoc with the, uh, with the retailers. And it's like, it's just, but then Christmas people have joy, and there's no point. He says, no, 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 just let it be the run-up to Christmas. Yeah. Eternal run-up to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, 
How, how wonderfully uh, self-serving. <laughs> yes, it was great. And then the great thing is, and by the way, on your civic improvement plan, the, the plan to have uh, lamp posts, uh, we want to talk to you about that too, because so far, out of the 450,000 that you have uh, that you have promised us in Narnia, there's only the one. And we understand that fawns are hanging around trying to pick up young girls. <laughs> I've never heard Narnia-based sketches before. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it's probably more popular than in Britain. Yeah, yeah. But I thought I love them. So, so I'm looking over the uh, yeah, Red Sonia number one digital exclusive edition. Okay, so when we get there, uh, we get there when cool. we get there. So let's in the meantime, we can get started. And I know the first thing is a letter, so I want to leave the letter open. Alrighty. Alright. So, um You wanna do it like alternating words? Nah, just Okay. Do it. Okay. Come on. Okay, we'll just uh hit it. One, two, three. Listen, Listen up, fanboys. It's, it's the, the Fanboy, fanboy Planet, Planet Podcast. Podcast. 